0: Welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast, I'm your host Joel and today I have my Swedish brother Mikael, how are you Mikael, am I saying that correctly?
1: Yes, I'm doing very great, thank you for having me on. I'm stoked to
0: have you on, this is a, a very exciting topic, I love this sort of stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, Mikael, I'm just going to give a, a quick, uh, description on you, kind of how I found you online and, um, just, I think what you do in particular is so powerful in today's world where people want, you know, if you can provide real evidence for God, then they might start to listen. So in a world full of skeptics, man, you've got an amazing ministry, so, Here's the story. I'm searching the internet as I do. I'm part of probably a hundred thousand different Christian pages all over the internet. Pretty sure every single Christian uh, on the planet, um, I've seen their feed at some point. Um, and Macal, Mike, I think a article came up about um, this man who has written books and done interviews and articles on. Identifying things that skeptics can uh, accept, so miracles that they're not they can't say that there's an explanation for, and uh, mikhail has got this amazing approach to that, and essentially arguing the existence of miracles which would reflect in where they came from would being a super supernatural thing, a divine being. And Mikael has unfortunately only got these books in Swedish because I would love to read it. But um, one day they'll be translated and um, we'll make sure that when they are, that they are. And even beforehand, I'd love to put them in the description below if you're keen to learn more. And he's
1: also the host of a podcast. What's your podcast, Mikael? It's called Jesus Folket. Most of the episodes are in Swedish, but we have some in English as well.
0: Okay, cool. Oh, that's all good. Um, and so if you're a Swede and you listen to the Jesus Magnet, make sure you go check out that podcast as well. We'll put that in the, the description below. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited to, to hear what you've got to share about the supernatural and proving it. And Because I've seen miracles right in front of me. and But the thing is I've never had a camera to flick it out and record um, and it's a tricky one because then it becomes a bit of a hearsay uh, testimony. Um, and I believe testimonies are extremely powerful because you, I mean you have so many people claiming miracles happen. Even if one of them is correct, that miracles happen. Then you know what I mean. Like, boom, that's 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 a real thing. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Mikel. So um, let's start with you. Who are you? Where are you from? Give us a bit of a rundown that's uh, probably a bit more in depth of my rundown of you, because I mean, I'm keen to hear more.
1: Off you go. Thank you so much. So yeah, um, I am a PhD student of church history at Lund University in the south of Sweden. And um, I've been doing ministry for several years. I've been a pastor with my wife, uh, Sarah. Uh, in a charismatic house church and um, I've done uh, a lot of writing and speaking over the years uh, publishing books and articles uh, and the sole motivation for this is this fire that I uh, believe God has put in my heart to uh, uh, spread his gospel to spread his love and uh, the testimony of of his power and so um, I've been doing a lot of street evangelism um, for over 10 years. Uh, I've been out with uh, friends and my church and and all kinds of people uh, talking uh, to people on the streets. Sweden is one of the most secular countries in the world. Um 80% of uh, the members of the Church of Sweden which is the large Lutheran church similar to Church of England but in Sweden 80% of them don't believe in Jesus. So so we have this huge issue of me. secularization of skepticism. Wow. Sorry. I didn't realize that 80% of them didn't believe yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. Most, most most church members don't believe in jesus uh, of course when you look at you know the priests and pastors things are different um oh, yeah. but but even even among the church members themselves um most aren't christian and so, and they're quite open about it they don't believe in god they don't believe in jesus so when doing street evangelism talking to people uh, out in the open it's been very common that um we ask um to pray for people and and even though there is this skepticism. A lot of people are, are are willing for us to pray for them. Mm. Uh, but several times over and over again, people are brought up that, yeah, you know, I, I would love to believe in healing and the miraculous and things like that, but there's no evidence for it. Uh, mm. It's just stories and hearsay. And so I uh, heard this so much and I thought that can't be right. <laughs> you know, if, if God is the same uh, today as Uh, He was in the time of the Bible and surely miracles do happen and surely we can identify them happening. Um, Similar to how Jesus asked um, Mm. some of the people that he had healed to verify their healing by going to the high priest. I started to look after cases where um, physicians and doctors and experts could verify that miracles have happened today. So I started to look around and I found several cases. Most of the books that I encountered that have had this approach of um, using science to identify miracles mm. are quite old. You know, there are some books from the 70s and 80s. They're quite hard to get. Mm. Uh, and there are also uh, this newer book, an amazing book by uh, an American professor called Craig Keener, which is simply titled Miracles. And I love to to read that book. And, and he brings up several examples of medically verified healings. Mm. But the book is 1,200 pages long. Mm. So when when I started to bring up, hey, you should check out this book by Craig Keener. When I talked to people who were skeptics and they saw, you know, the massive amount of text mm. that they had to go through, they say, well, no, thank you. So so I simply thought to myself, and this was uh, a couple of years ago, that it it would be amazing to have this more compact, newer resource that brings together all the kind of miracles where there are experts, physicians, uh, scientists verifying we cannot see a natural explanation to this thing. Mm. And then I thought maybe I should write it. So in 2018, I, I started to write my... Um, first own book and uh, it was published a year later in Swedish in in 2019 uh, called Documented Miracles and so that focuses on finding verified healings and I also realized that um, there are a lot of um, phenomena that science is unable to explain that is Happening around the world and, and healing is just one part of it mm. so even though in my first book i limited myself to healing because it was easier methodologically to focus on, on one kind of miracle i i knew that i wanted to write more about this so last year i published a second book uh, which is called documented language miracles and in that book i um I take a look and I I have interviewed um, over a hundred people that explain how they have experienced um, that somebody spoke in a language that they can't understand, um, that they never learned naturally. But when they speak in tongues, it's a language that other people uh, understand. And, and just I've like the book
0: of Acts I've heard that, collects. yes I've, I've uh, come across a story of somebody who That happened in church um, mm-hmm. Now, I, it was a, a friend of mine and YWAM They just shared the story with me And this is what I mean Like it's, I don't know if it's true If it's not true It's pretty cool though This guy was sitting in church And um, uh, a girl actually And she uh, felt the Holy Spirit say Pray in tongues, out loud Mm-hmm. um but just and so she was really nervous and started praying in tongues just in her seat and then um this guy behind her uh, and after about half an hour says you have excellent french and you're speaking wow. it even in my dialect and she's like I don't speak french and he's like what he's like he could hear it in his language and it was like really specific stuff that she was praying. It's just amazing. So is that the sort of thing that you've heard and interviewed people with similar stories to that?
1: Exactly. And what I've done is that I both talk uh, with the person who spoke the language as well as the people uh, hearing the language Mm. and compare their um, different accounts of, of the same event. And what's really astounding is um, that in a lot of cases, similar to what you just described, what they say is not merely another language, but they speak it fluently like a native. Mm. And, and, and that's quite astonishing. For example, um, my, um, wife comes from the northern parts of Sweden and her parents got to know this really sweet Christian man called Orke. Who had four or six years of education, um, in his luggage and, and that's it. He only knew Swedish, no other language. And, and the Swedish he knew was, um, a very strong dialect since it came from the woods of inner northern Sweden. <laughs> um, so, so he, he, um, had not much education at all. He had only worked in um, woodwork or um, as a factory worker all his life. That's it. So not a very scholarly man at all. Um, but uh, thir- uh, 11 years ago, in in, in uh, 2012, mm. uh, my uh, wife's parents were with Oke on a New Year's prayer. So they gathered uh, in a small town called... Fredrika, uh which isn't long from uh, Vilhelmina, where I, I know that you have relatives there. Yes, yeah.
0: I'll have to send this and, episode and, to
1: them. <laughs> yeah, please do. So they were there in this small town. They were praying for the new year that was about to come. And uh, Oke felt the Holy Spirit's power in him, and he started to speak in tongues. Right after he had spoken publicly in tongues... There was a physician there who uh, gave the interpretation that he had spoken about um, the power and majesty of God. And normally, when people give their interpretation of tongues, which is a spiritual gift according to the Apostle Paul in First Corinthians twelve, the interpretation is given to them similar, like uh, a prophetic word. Uh, mm. so they didn't actually understand what was spoken in tongues but they experience uh, that the holy Spirit um, teaches them what mm. the message was but after this had happened and uh, my wife's parents are speaking with Oke and and they were about to to get some coffee and stuff then this physician uh, comes uh, to them and uh, so she was called dr Palmier and she said that when I gave the interpretation, I was not hearing this special voice of God telling me what was actually what, what you had been communicating. I was merely translating the exact words that you had said because you, Okay, you spoke Latin. You what? And, and she said you spoke pure textbook Latin. You know, the same Latin that we go through in medical school and she had Read, uh, studied some Latin on top of that as well. You, you spoke it just similar to a professor of Latin. Wow. And this was Oke, the factory worker who had just gone a yeah. few years in school when he was a small kid. Hasn't secretly been learning English. this. Yeah. He could not speak <laughs> any other language than Swedish. Wow. And so he he got tears in his eyes. And he said wow i can't imagine i spoke latin yeah and and um yeah and and he 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 had actually um in in his later days he has passed on to the lord now uh, but he had no um living relatives left mm-hmm. and he had no family no children uh, or so so um he spent a lot of time with my wife's family he he went over for christmas and and so on so my wife Vividly remember him from you know her her yeah. growing up, and so um, she, as well as her parents have, have brought us up how he, several times after this incident, just could sit in awe and thankfulness, looking out uh, the window towards heaven and and uh, man in a gentle voice saying. I can't imagine that God let me spoke. Uh, let me speak Latin. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is an example, and I've I've spoken, of course, to my wife's parents. I've also spoke to uh, another lady who was present at the same time, called Anita, and and sort of cross referenced this event, and they all tell me this same story yeah. that this man who no one could have believed uh, could speak Latin like a professor, and that's really the key part. Mm. Because if if one would suspect that he's trying to do this um, impressive spiritual trick, you know, going to a to a secret dark room and and trying to to learn some Latin words for himself, so that he then can flex some spiritual muscles and and pretend <laughs> to to speak Latin uh, by the spirit, even yeah. though he he had just you know memorized it. Yeah, if he had done that, which wouldn't really be. In line with his character, based on on what uh, my wife's parents have, have said uh, yeah. <laughs> on on other parts of his life, but if he have, would have done that, the pronunciation would be terrible. <laughs> yes, true. The dialect—that's where it, like really yeah. throws. Wow. J- just like my pronunciation would be terrible if I tried a New Zealand dialect, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. not 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 to um, make too many assumptions, but but uh, I I uh, suspect. That if you try to speak swedish (laughs) it might not be with a native dialect right no i've been trying to speak it for years takes years and years and years yeah and i mean uh, i i I used to live in in the uk for for eight months and there i met this lovely italian lady Mm. who had been living there for uh, 50 years she had married a, a british man so she had been staying in the uk for 50 years and she talk like this. Would you like some pasta? <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it was too hard for her to, to get the sort of British pronunciation. And, yeah. and I guess she's an extreme case because she also didn't seem too much interested in that. Mm. <laughs> and perhaps uh, a lot of people saw some charm in her having this very almost stereotypical Italian uh, dialect. But even <laughs> if she had attempted to, uh, do the more authentic British dialect, it would have taken so much time because that's a hard thing to do. That was a pretty and good... And when people are able to <laughs> speak fluently in another language in a perfect native dialect, yeah. skeptics have a lot of troubles explaining how that can happen naturally. Yes,
0: yeah, that's so true. I mean, I've over the years, I've um, tried my luck at learning... A little bit of Swedish here and there from my uh, wonderful sister-in-law, but um, I can't even pronounce her name properly, um, <laughs> according to her. Um, and it's it's just like that dialect, like you're saying, you know, like just the the letters that my tongue is not used to forming, like the the way that exactly. yeah. And I've I've never I shouldn't be expected to be able to make pronunciation in that way because my body has no muscle memory to be able to do that so that's when the miracle goes to the next level it's like you're actually doing something that your body can't do even if it tried to like even if you're reading it step by step my tongue has never moved that way (laughs) and it's really tricky like my r's um Mm -hmm. you know in some like portuguese they really got the I, i can't do it see like they really roll their eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't do it, and yeah, I don't I think I'll ever be able to do it. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's an incredible, and I love how you've chosen, like, out of all the different types of miracles, you chose a language one to to like go deep into, and because mm-hmm. that's one that's not like. I mean, you got healing ministries all over the world, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm waiting for the person who turns water to wine. That ministry would be quite cool, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and then you got like the faith ones where they're casting out demons on people, but then the tongues, that one is always intrigued me because yeah, me
1: too. Yeah.
0: And, and I've seen uh, no cases myself, but I have a friend of mine Um, who was in Youth with the Mission, and he went to Papua New Guinea, and he spoke Mm -hmm. to a Papua New Guinean all night long, and he thought that this Papua New Guinean could speak English. And the Papua New Guinean thought he could speak Talkbidgin, which is his language. Uh. And they spoke all night about God to each other. And then the next day when they met each other, that's when they clicked. None of them could speak each other's language. So shout out to hmm. Christian Rogers, that's his uh testimony, which is really, really cool. One of the coolest tongues testimony I've I've ever heard. And um yeah, I, I could get you in touch get get you in touch with him and add that to your le- to, yeah. collection of uh tongues miracles, uh just because that's a it's fairly recent too, that one.
1: Um only a couple oh, of years wonderful. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and I was really fascinated by the um large amounts of people I was able to find really that have these kinds of of experiences yeah, yeah. i i was I was stunned <laughs> yeah and and it it was hard to finish the book because wow. uh, I was also quite open on social media and so on that that I was writing this book. so people kept on contacting me, yeah. And, and uh, these amazing testimonies um, came in so um, a, a friend of mine who he he used to belong to the same church as me uh, here in Sweden he's now a missionary in Laos mm. and uh, he is married there and and they're having an amazing ministry um, it's quite hard to share the gospel in uh, laos because the communist regime there uh, view it as mm. foreign propaganda and, and things like that mm. um but they find creative ways to to um uh, tell people about christ mm. and they've also uh, adopted um some children who were orphans uh, one of them they they literally found um on a, a garbage dump wow. uh looking for food and so they adopted her and um and take care of, of these children. And they only uh, speak the, the Lawan language. And they don't know English or, or any other language, even mm-hmm. though um, they go to school for that, but they haven't really reached that mm-hmm. level of, of language comprehension yet. And so my friend, who is called Samal, and his wife, they came home from work one day and they heard that uh, their children, their adopted children, were praying. Uh, in the living room, and so they they were happy that they they took this initiative themselves. You know, they they didn't didn't need mom and dad to sort of you know um, help them pray. Mm. And Samuel was stunned because he heard that his adopted daughter spoke Swedish when she prayed, and she had never learned a, a word of Swedish. And I asked him how was her pronunciation, and he Perfect. said it was perfect swedish just like you and i would speak right not only that when she was praying in swedish she mentioned specific people that samuel knew you hear kidding. That she had you know he he had never mentioned these people to to her yeah but he he ta- she talked or, or prayed for them and prayed for specific things in their lives and also Mention how important it is that Samuel contacts them. You're <laughs> and joking! Show them these oh my! god. And gosh. here's the really cool part. Here's the really cool part. Then her language shifted, and all of a sudden she spoke Norwegian. Oh wow! Now, Swedish and Norwegian—they're quite similar language. Uh, I can understand most Norwegian people. Yeah. Um, it's you know some words are different, but but uh, they're kind of similar to dialects rather than separate languages mm. but they're still very distinct it's a it's a very different way of speaking mm. so in uh, swedish if i would say i'm on the jesus magnet podcast i would say Jag är på Jesus Magnet podcasten. but in norwegian they would rather say they poor Jesus podcasting. you know it's it's not really it's quite the different. same kind of language it, the, the tone is very different yeah so she switched to norwegian yeah and the same thing happened that she mentioned a specific norwegian person a missionary that Samuel knew called oh, Rune wow. Edvardsen yeah and she she prayed for him and said that he is in a country with dark-skinned people, considering buying a huge plot of land. And I know, Lord, that you want him to buy this plot of land. So I pray that Samuel will call him and tell him to buy this plot of land. (laughs) So she said this all in Norwegian. Oh, my God. How old is this girl? Of course, also was a language that they had never even considered teaching her. Yeah. And they had never spoken any Norwegian in the house. Of course, Samuel mm. being from Sweden, he could have the occasional um, calls in Swedish with, with mm. people. Um, Even though it, it would be really a stretch to claim that his adoptive daughter had learned Swedish based on just, you know, overhearing such phone calls. Mm. Norwegian, she had never heard even. And still she spoke perfectly fluent Norwegian in a way that I even can't speak.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: So... Samuel, he called this Norwegian uh, missionary friend of him, uh, Rune Edvarsson. And he asked him, are you sitting down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Rune said, yeah, okay, I'm sitting down. Stay sitting. (laughs) And then Samuel explained to him, my daughter, she can only speak the Loeisian language, no other language. Yet she she spoke in Norwegian when she was praying, you know, God did a miracle. And she mentioned your name. She said that you're in a country with dark-skinned people, which he was. He was in Uganda. Mm. And you're considering buying a large plot of land. And she's saying that you should buy it. And Zuni and couldn't believe his ears because at that very moment, he had been considering buying this huge plot of land to build a center for people with physical disabilities who are really marginalized in Uganda and have a really hard time. Mm. And so he had them on his heart. He wanted to build a center and he had received this offer. But it was a huge decision because it it was a lot of land. It costed a lot of money. Mm. And he had just been considering whether he should buy this or not. And this prophetic word comes from the other side of the world in his mother tongue by a young nine year old girl who was unable to speak that kind of oh language. Oh my God. This brings back, you know, what, what you said earlier. I mean, her tongue would behave in entirely different ways. Yeah. To speak Norwegian like this. Yeah. <laughs> compared to how people speak in Laos. I mean, it's not really something that happens accidentally. No, not at all. And And, and this is really interesting because when I wrote this book about language miracles, I actually contacted a professor of mathematical statistics in Stockholm that I know. He's called Ulla Hörschen. You got the stats on the chances I, I, of this. Yeah. So I oh, asked yes. him, even if you would assume that someone naturally can transform <clears throat> their tongue to whatever sound they want to make, <laughs> which again is not easy at all, but just let us assume that. Yeah. What are the chances that somebody <laughs> says two? Meaningful sentences in another language. True. If whatever that comes out their mouth is just gibberish, gibberish yeah. that is completely random. Because that—that's what a skeptic would say. You know, people are speaking in tongues, mm. and sometimes maybe it sounds like something, uh, you know, that makes sense in another language. But that's just pure chance. Yeah, you do it enough right, times, let's test this. You'll say let's something. Test this. Yeah. yeah. What are the chances? And so he actually looked at another case, uh, that I brought up. Uh, it was, um, uh, a guy in Stockholm who was at a prayer meeting and he spoke, uh, fluent Finnish, uh, which is very distinct. Even though Finland, just like Norway is, is next to, uh, Sweden, mm. the language is completely different. It's not even an Indo European language. It, it has completely different roots, but in any case, he spoke. Uh, several sentences in Finnish, including "I am the bread of life," you know, the quote from Jesus, yeah. and "God is the king of the universe." Wow. So I asked Ola to look at this case, but it, it would also apply to this girl in Laos speaking Norwegian. You yeah. know, you could take any sure. two sentences with a normal sentence length. He he actually coded a program of his own. <laughs> He, he he to to solve this problem you know he, he couldn't find any existing program so, so he he created a program a computer program that could do this calculation and he brought in all the statistics on all the kinds of sounds that people could make with their tongues and so on simplified it a bit because you know sometimes we we might say something but what a, another listener perceives is that something else so, so we have some error of margin there mm. But still, just two sentences that um, make sense in another language. The statistics or, or the the probability of that happening when you speak completely randomly is eighty-eight to the tenth to the fifty-seventh. <laughs> oh and, and for you, for the listeners who aren't into math, that's basically eighty-eight. And 57 zeros after it. Oh my one. gosh. Man. The probability that I get completely crushed by a satellite randomly falling from the sky <laughs> over the next five seconds is billions and billions and billions more probable. Than this girl in Laos speaking Norwegian or this guy in in, uh, Stockholm speaking Finnish. And there you go. I wasn't crushed by a satellite. (laughs) So based on, you know, pure chance, pure randomness,
2: that's not
1: a path that the skeptic can take. Mm. You know, there is something else going on here. Yeah. And what natural explanation can you possibly find for this? Yeah, When when I've been looking at, you know, um, internet forums discussing this kind of language miracles, Mm. I saw someone bring up a theory based on a video game. So there's this video game called Assassin's Creed, Mm. where people have memories stored in their DNA.
2: Mm.
1: And they speculated, well, you know, perhaps it's like this, that, you know, even if this girl from Laos mm. she couldn't speak Swedish or Norwegian naturally but maybe she had some ancestors some you know some at, at some point in the past yeah who maybe knew these languages and, and these languages have been stored in the DNA. Mm. The problem is that this video game isn't based on science <laughs> no it's just a flashy science fiction game yeah in reality, Languages can't be stored long term nah. through DNA or other kinds of of uh, mechanism that uh, is being brought from generation to generation. Mm. Uh, the only things that you can possibly call sort of this genetic memory are uh, reflexes and instincts, but mm. that's not at all in the same ballpark as being able to fluently speak another language. Yeah, but the mere fact that this skeptic had to bring up this video game theory <laughs> yeah. to provide some sort of a natural explanation really shows how hard it is pretty... to be a skeptic when confronted with these cases. It's and again, pretty uh, uh, in, in in the case of, of this girl from Laos, I spoke to Samuel, I spoke to Rune, I heard his testimony as well. And, and I also heard from, from another person who, who had been involved in this uh, about this event. So it can't really be dismissed as well as some kind of hearsay. It's just a legend from a country far away. No, I mean, Samuel is, is there right now. Mm. He's still in Laos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we can still call him and, and have him tell this for us. It's not like this, this legendary mm. myth from afar. It's actually an event that happened just, uh, I think it was uh, one or two years ago. Yeah, come Um, on. So so this really shows how powerful it is when you take the time to do some digging, do some research, Mm. you can find these extraordinary cases that makes it virtually impossible to be an atheist.
0: I think so as well. Like the amount of like just doing this podcast for the last couple of years the amount of miracles that have that we've come across, and I remember going to. Um, we did a tour around New Zealand last year, and we went to many different cities and towns. and And I'm from the the south the South Island in New Zealand, and um, we we probably did a, a small loop around my hometown to the different towns that are just within. Five hundred kilometers of um, my hometown. Uh, not even that. It was probably maybe three hundred kilometers. Wasn't far at all. And I'd done this loop, and I, I'd been away for maybe three weeks, and I had to get back to my hometown just for a wedding, and then carry on with the tour. So I did this loop, sort of around the around towns, and just in the first couple of weeks. I had a guy who was raised from the dead. I had a guy who had a metal plate in his in his skull from a, a bull riding accident. Somebody, like, the fact that he's alive was a miracle, but somebody prayed over his head, and the metal in his skull dissolved. <laughs> and that's, wow. like, tested. And then... I had um, other people with, uh, like, different cancers that had disappeared. And I had all of these miracles, and we're talking not that far from my hometown. I didn't have to go far. And it's just, they're they're right out there. I mean, we just need to be more bold with what God's done in our lives, because they're everywhere. Like, God, the evidence of God is all over the place. I find it terribly difficult to talk to atheists about miracles now. <laughs> After difficult, well, difficult to take it, take them seriously, and ah, I see. Yeah, not like difficult, like to keep keep cool and not get mm-hmm. like, how do you not believe?
1: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, but try and keep respectful yeah, because a lot of skeptics um, have this impression that miracle stories are unfounded they have poor evidence they come from countries where there is not a lot of mm. uh, scientific verification being possible yeah um and and of course my impression as well is that uh, there is a lot of miraculous things going on mm. In Africa, Asia, Latin America, I I do receive a lot of miracle reports from there, but it's not the same as saying that miracles are not happening Mm. in New Zealand or Europe and so on. Um, Because when you take the time to do some research, do some digging, it's amazing what you can find. And I'm I'm glad that you brought up uh, these healing miracles because that as well has been so amazing uh, for me to study. Um, because there are so many cases yeah. where highly trained physicians and doctors just state that they cannot find mm. a natural explanation to what just happened yeah and and that includes uh deaf people being able to hear again yeah cancer disappearing uh i spoke to um football player uh in northern sweden who had um a brain injury and so he was receiving treatment from a university hospital in the north of Sweden uh, five specialists were treating him uh, because of an accident when he was playing football mm. and uh, they told him that we're so sorry but you will never be able to play football again uh, because this injury is not something that we can cure Mm. And not only was he unable to play football, he had to sleep at least 12 hours every night. Mm. He couldn't watch movies. He couldn't listen to music. He couldn't go to church or to a restaurant or to public places in general because all of this was too overwhelming for his brain to process. Yeah, And so he spent most of his time in, in a dark room in, in his apartment. Um, but uh, he... After being sick for for 10 months, he had convinced his physicians to at least get close to the football field by attempting to coach the women's team in Umio, which is his hometown. Mm-hmm. And so they said, we're not really sure that you can handle it. But if, if you have uh, sunglasses on and, and uh, you put things on your ears to mm-hmm. sort of um, limit the amount of sound that can reach them, Perhaps you can try to to do that. When he's going to participate or or sit next to this game, um, he receives a text message from a girl in church. And the text message reads, uh, Jens, which was his name, Today is your day. Come to church and you'll be healed. What? That's a great text message to receive, right? So I've spoken to Jens as well as this girl Lydia. And she was totally convinced that jens will be today she had been praying for him for all during this time these 10 months that he had been sick she had been praying and praying and praying and it was as she just knew it was that god just had put a fact inside her head that today is the day that jens will be healed yeah but jens replied uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, that you think of me but unfortunately i can't make it to church today um Because he was going to this game instead. Mm. And so she takes it back. That's not a problem. It's not the church who heals, but it's God who heals. Come on. Later that uh, afternoon at uh, 4.30, uh, approximately, um, when Jens was sitting next to the football field and just that the doctor had predicted it was so hard for him to keep up, Um, it it was so hard for his brain to absorb all the information out there and he had this horrible headache and, and stuff like that. All of a sudden, the headache disappeared. He could take off the sunglasses. He could see and hear and perceive everything. Yeah, And he was just astounded. Now, he he didn't really uh, have the hopes that he was permanently healed. He thought, well, maybe it's just the adrenaline from the football game. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Because I love football so much that that makes me feel better. Uh, But he went home, he fell asleep, and then he woke up early the next morning. And uh, during this time when he had had this brain injury, uh, when he had been doing something exhaustive, he had to sleep not only for 12 hours, but 15 hours normally. But he woke up after just eight hours, like, you know, a normal uh, bunch of sleep. And so the the next day he really tested his capacity. So he uh, played some football with a friend. He helped his dad in his garage. He ate lunch in a restaurant with his girlfriend and and there was no problem at all so then uh the day after that he thought thank you God for actually healing me mm. so he went to a prayer meeting at his church on the following Thursday so he had he had been well now for 4 days and Lydia was there and she was so happy to see him because he hadn't shown up for church for months because he he couldn't really handle a, a large group of people but he was there she was sell us and, and asked him, how, how are you? How, how are you feeling? And Jens said, I'm feeling great. And I have a question for you. When was it that you prayed for me mm. last Sunday? And it was 4.30. Oh, come the, the on. The same, exact same time when he had been healed several yes. kilometers away. Oh, that's and so cool. Jens contacted uh, the hospital and yeah. said that I'm fine now. The, the brain injury is gone, yeah, and the doctor that he spoke to said, "No, it's not because it can't be yeah <laughs> this is not something that you get cured from. and Jens said, Well, now I work hundred uh, percent at my job and I play football again, and I can do everything that I could before, so I think i'm 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 pretty healed, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so he had to come in and they did some more testing and and um they They made a compromise since it was clear that he was completely well, but you can't get cured from that brain injury mm. they They said that you're fifty percent well now <laughs> as a compromise. But wow. then, after a few months, they realized how how silly that was because even though on paper he he was fifty percent on sick leave. He could work perfectly fine. No no problem at all. So then eventually, even though it was impossible for him to get well from this injury, they had to give him a a statement that he's perfectly fine. And so I've I've gone through his medical records and I've seen all, all of this. And it's just amazing that this thing that physically couldn't happen according to Five specialist doctors. Yeah, Um, and and uh, you know this is in in, uh, a a welfare country where we do have quite advanced medicine. It's not like Mm. uh, these doctors had no clue what they were doing. Still, you know they observed something that cannot happen. Come on, and 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 they wrote it down, and and, and they couldn't see any natural explanation to him being well. And all of this is documented you know, yeah. in black and white. It's it's uh, for, for everyone to see. So it's it's really amazing the, the powerful testimonies that can be found mm. when taking the help of these medical records, of these scientific um, yeah. statements. Yeah. You know, I don't believe that science is an enemy to the Christian faith or, or something that Christians should be scared of because... When these records tell you that this is something that nature alone cannot explain, mm. well, that makes it pretty obvious. I think that there's it's so good supernatural explanations um, at 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 work. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think my favorite, my most favorite thing that you've said so far is uh, the the language miracles. Um, mm-hmm. and what I really like about that is how it it points very clearly to God. Like, mm-hmm. let's hypothetically let's say that um, you know, this guy's brain injury, Yen's, um, was he's healed, but it was Zeus from Greek mythology <laughs> that healed him. You know, like like people might mm-hmm. argue that. But what I like about the language one is it's so specific to prayer and how God's saying, I want you to do this. I want you to talk to this person on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be saying this and, and, and they're praying, they're praying to Jesus. They're praying to the, you know, with the Holy spirit, to the father, the biblical um, accounts of like prayer and making sure that it's directed. And then there's an, the, the crazy thing is they're making a phone call and somebody's yeah. answering <laughs> yeah. somebody's answering to their prayer somebody's answering their phone call and that's a lot better than um i mean it's not better but it's a lot clearer than the the healing mm-hmm. miracles because it's like oh yeah maybe an alien healed them or you know maybe it was zeus or it's so hard to but what i like is I mean, actually, I, I take that back. The, the miracle with the healing of the brain injury with Yen's is directed at God as well because there was that girl who was praying at yeah. church and was she praying to the God. And, God she, and, and she wasn't praying yeah. to Zeus. No, she, she wasn't, wasn't praying, praying to Zeus. To no there's an answer she and there's an effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I take that back. Um
1: yeah, it's But I, I, I still get what you're saying. What what's really mm. powerful I think with with um, um, many of these cases is that they are what I called combo miracles. It's not just the fact that this girl in Laos spoke Swedish and Norwegian, even though yeah. that's extraordinary in and of itself. Yeah. But there's also a prophetic element yes. to it. Mm. It's not just that Jens gets healed because I, I think especially if if his healing had no connection to prayer at all then you can start bringing up the aliens you know sure, if he was just yeah. randomly healed you know and, and all of a sudden it's gone <laughs> yeah yeah statistics Th- then you can have a conversation what <laughs> what 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 could this be yeah. but when there's a really clear connection to prayer and not only that yeah. Lydia had this conviction yeah, uh, and that, that she experienced that, that God really put mm. in her heart this mm. is the day
2: yeah, that Jens on.
1: will be healed yeah. and, and she had been praying for him for 10 months mm. for 10 months she had been praying for him over and over again and this was the one day mm. when she really felt this is the day that he will be healed and that's why she sent that text message today is your day it was literally what she wrote yeah so there's this prophetic element to it as well and that makes it super hard for a skeptic to explain because of course a lot of skeptics have said to me our scientific knowledge is limited just because physicians say that we can't find a natural explanation to this event that doesn't mean that there's no natural explanation at all maybe our science is so limited that we haven't ex- uh, explored that yet, or mm. we haven't found the natural explanation yet. And I can understand that reasoning. It's it's quite clear that, you know, science is developing. We know things today that we didn't know 100 years ago. But it becomes very tricky when that natural explanation not only has to explain a cure, <laughs> but also that Lydia knew that that cure was coming. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's really difficult to find a natural explanation to things like that. And so that's what I found really amazing. Uh, The reason I've gone through this process of finding examples of doctors saying that there's no natural explanation Mm. is to provide uh, solid ground to stand on, to say that this isn't hearsay, this isn't legends from far away, this is actual events that very qualified experts have looked at, mm. unable to find natural explanations. And even if one would claim that, you know, there could be natural explanation that we haven't found yet, mm. what those natural explanations have to deal with is not merely the cures in themselves, yeah, but also the circumstances. Yeah. Because all of the cases that I've looked at, I've, I've um, looked at uh, another woman here in Sweden called Maria, who was about to go completed deaf? Uh, her hearing came back and her doctor said i can't find a medical explanation to this because the cells in your ear had died and now they have come back to life resurrection you know, it's power not, it's not mere it's <laughs> not merely a healing and and yeah. It's weird to say merely healing because healing themselves are, are very extraordinary. Yeah. But it's actually a uh, miniature versing, uh, like you said, of the resurrection. Yeah. You know, yes, cells sure. being raised from the dead. Yeah. Which there's no natural explanation for. That's and so, so cool. To look at cases like this and and show that, yes, doctors say that they find no natural explanations. Mm. But not only that, Maria received her hearing about at the exact same moment when she was in church. And there were some missionaries there who had shared testimonies about what God is doing in Ethiopia, in Africa. And they said that God isn't just doing things in Africa. He's doing things here as well. So they prayed for her. And that was the moment when her hearing came back. Yeah. So that circumstance of her cure Mm. happening at the same time when people are praying for them, that makes it very, very difficult yeah. to remain an atheist. Yeah. Because even if you speculate that, you know, there could be some unknown natural phenomena that randomly raises ear cells from the dead. Okay, why is that natural phenomena found in a church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does that happen at the same time as prayer? Yeah. And eventually you have to come up with these crazy theories of, you know, maybe maybe prayer has some power in it but it's not connected to god you know it's something else that's mainly you know trying to grasp mm. <laughs> uh something yeah. that that stands right in front of you but you don't want to call it what it is you you want to sort of have an, another fancy explanation for it it's just like you know the, it's becoming increasingly common that people say that we're living in a simulation mm. that we're all in this great computer program and there's some programmer that has programmed things because um life is so <laughs> unbelievably extraordinary yeah. it is so unlikely that life uh, came that, to be in the universe that's a funny by itself. I, I actually and, love and so that they, theory they come with this explanation
0: i love the sorry. theory of the computer sorry sorry michael i just want to jump in with that theory on the computer program I, I actually love that because what they're describing is creation and god <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, the, they the, do. They do. The, the coder but, or the designer. But it sounds
1: more sciencey. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and so they like... think that they're describing something else, but what they're really saying that this universe is created. And I say, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, sure, like... you can call God a programmer if you want, you know, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. But That's what I was this just going to say. You, you cannot ignore what Christians have been saying for thousands of <laughs> yeah, years and, yeah. you know, and 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 sort of uh, throw that away as oh those are just old stories. No, you literally believe it yourself. <laughs> come on,
0: it's yeah. so good.
1: Um, here's a question. Um,
0: and I I just think this is something that skeptics skeptics will um come up with when it comes to Jens and his story on being healed. Why yeah. did God not heal him earlier? Like you said, um, uh-huh. she was yeah. praying for ten months. And um, they they will use this as an argument against God, and it's not really an argument though, because at the end of the day, he's still healed, isn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. that still doesn't
1: mean it didn't happen. But why didn't he do it earlier? But yeah, do you yeah, have an exactly, answer to exactly. that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a powerful argument against God's existence mm. because as long as you don't have a natural explanation to it eventually happening. Mm you you cannot claim that there is a natural explanation just by pointing out that it took a longer time yeah. than Jens would have wanted or Lydia for that matter yeah but it is a question about um you know our our relationship with god and there are a lot of people who have experienced sorrow and disillusionment and and uh, even anger mm. and and disappointment just by the fact that um, prayer to answer and takes longer time than they expect. Or sometimes um, it's not the the answer that they wanted in the first place. I've spoken Mm. to several people who have been praying and praying and praying for people who are sick, and they aren't healed, but Mm. they die. Mm. Now, what I point out to them is that when healing is described in the New Testament, it is described as this amazing gift from God. It shows his power and his love. And it is also um, a foretaste. It is something that points to a future reality, Mm. which in the book of Revelation is described as being centered around the tree of life, Mm. returning from the Garden of Eden. And this tree has fruit that Mm. gives eternal life, and its leaves Mm. is healing for the people. So what the Bible describes is that there is eternal healing for every single one who comes to Jesus, asks Him to forgive their sins and are reconciled Mm. uh, with God and born again. That is the biblical promise. Regardless of what we experience in the present age, Mm. in eternity, there will be complete and lasting healing Mm. for every single sickness and disease. That is the biblical promise. Now, there is still this huge issue with, okay, but if some experience this uh, foretaste and and, and this uh, um, proof of, of the things to come, why aren't all experiencing it? Why do some people pray and pray and pray and nothing happens, while others maybe they, just, they pray just once <laughs> and all of a sudden they're healed? Mm. And I don't have a, a simple, easy answer to that. Mm. Um, I think that there are a lot of factors at play, and some of them uh, are in the domain of humanity. I think that things like unrepentant sins, perhaps people that we haven't forgiven, even though we're commanded to forgive others as God yeah. forgives us, that can play a part. But that's not really the only explanation that you can point to there are also there is also this mystery of um answer to prayer being delayed mm. which the bible brings up from time to time so in, in daniel chapter 7 there's this really interesting story of daniel praying and fasting for 3 weeks and after those 3 weeks all of a sudden this angelic being shows up and he gives him the prophecy uh that he was promised but before providing the answer to his prayer, this angel says that he was delayed mm. for three weeks because of this demonic prince over Persia
2: mm.
1: who was blocking his way. And that that's a really curious thing to say. I'm sure if the angel hadn't provided this example, you know, the debate would be, was it Daniel's fault that it took so long? Because, you know, maybe was he, he wasn't fasting enough. enough. Maybe he was, you know, yeah. taking some candy from time to time <laughs> or, or, or is it God's fault? You know, maybe God, you know, was lazy yeah. or, or something like that. But what it really shows is that just as God mm. uses human agents to uh, perform his will, even though we're not perfect, mm. maybe God is using these Angels and and these spiritual systems that we frankly have have not much clue about what's going on in the Mm. spiritual world Uh, and maybe that is something as well to consider and when I read Daniel 7, I'm reminded of a passage in uh, a book called the heavenly man by a Chinese pastor called brother Yun and he describes that when he came to Christ as a little boy he was praying that he would um, be able to read a Bible. And the Bible was forbidden literature, and you could be severely punished by the Chinese regime if you owned a Bible. Um, But he was praying for it, and he was praying for three months. And one night he had a dream when a man came and gave him a lovely piece of bread that was inside a red cloth. And then he woke up from the dream by a knock on the door, and he opened the door, and that was the same man that he had dreamt about, and he had a Bible inside a red cloth. Now, that man excused himself, and he said, I'm sorry it has taken so long. God started to speak to me three months ago that there was this boy in the, next, the nearby village praying for a Bible. And I had this Bible buried down underground so that the police wouldn't find it. And God kept reminding me over and over again, and I was so afraid that I would get caught by the police if yeah. I dug up this Bible and, and brought this to this nearby village. But now after three months, God is speaking to me so much about this that I I finally got the courage to do it. And so of course, mm. God could probably have chosen a faster path yeah <laughs> of of uh, providing you in a bible you know god could even create a bible from nothing you know mm. and, and put it on his drawer but maybe god had multiple purposes in mind yes. maybe he also wanted to form the discipleship of this man amen and and so there there could be these thousands of reasons why jens was sick for 10 months instead mm. of 10 minutes mm. you know and i don't have the answers to all of that what I do know is that it was extremely powerful and impactful, both for Jens and Lydia, when this actually happened. Mm. And I'm sure that Jens has learned a lot. I'm I'm careful with saying that, you know, every time when when uh, healing has been delayed or or uh, when healing doesn't come when we want to, it's just because we want to learn something from from suffering. I'm mm. not saying that that's you know the easy go to answer in in all cases but sometimes it could be sometimes it could be other things that we're we're not even aware of yeah and i'm sure that when we're together with jesus in mm. paradise and we all have access to this wonderful tree of life we have no uh, sicknesses yeah. or or any kind of of damages physical mental tormenting mm. us then jesus will start explaining mm. why things happened the way they did yeah but um, until then, it's, it's a mystery that we have to live with. But mm. to th- this was a long answer. <laughs> but That's correct. To bring it back to what That's you correct. started with, it is not a really powerful argument against God's existence. Yeah. Because you don't provide a natural explanation mm. to a healing yeah. simply by pointing out that a lot of us would have wanted the healing to happen quicker or yeah. in another way.
0: Yeah, there's a great um, a great quote which is uh, God's never late, but he misses a lot of times to be early. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and in other words, it's always God's timing. He's never late. It's it's the right time when when things happen. Um, a friend of mine he uh, shared a, a very um, quite quite a heart touching story of one of his um, dear friends years ago died of cancer and um, mm. so she was diagnosed of cancer and she was pretty young and um, the whole church was praying uh, that she would um, be healed and um, she she died and um, mm. my friend he said he fasted, he prayed and he had, he believes, he had full faith, no doubt that God was going to heal and then he prayed to God, he was angry he said why? Mm. Why, why did you take her if, if we had faith, and, and I trust you, but I just need to know why. And um, God actually responded to him, and, uh, and, and it was quite a powerful answer. And he said, Michael, sometimes, his name's Mike as well, um, he said, sometimes I take the sickness from the person, and other times I take the person from the sickness. But in both times, they're healed. And it was quite a powerful statement when when I think about it. And it's like, okay, which perspective are we looking at this? Are we looking at it from God's perspective? When if we see -hmm. these people that are not healed in our eyes, but are they alive, are they well, are they with Jesus? They're probably Mm -hmm. more alive than we are now. And yeah, uh, exactly. it's it's uh, a yeah. it's just changing your perspective and having that trust in God. God actually knows what He's doing, and st- hmm. not having the doubt that God won't heal again because He's done it before and He'll do it again. But remember, it's His method. It's how is He yeah. going to deliver that healing? You know, just read the Bible. You know, God, uh, Jesus spits in somebody's face to heal the blind man. You know, you can never really pick the healing sometimes and the method and how he's going to do it. Um well, he doesn't spit in his face, but spits in the dirt and then rubs it <laughs> in his eyes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, it blows my mind. And, and having the trust in God, you know, to mm. sometimes not like his answer, but still trust him. And, um, yeah, man. I think I've really, really enjoyed hearing all of these stories from you, Mikael. And um yeah, I we are definitely gonna want to get you back on the podcast. I would love to get a couple more people love into it, but more of a panel and discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll call it there at the end of the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us on the Jesus Magnet Podcast um before we finish i do want to ask you is there any advice or anything that you would like to part with um and so into the listeners while they've gotten this far through the episode
1: a lot of people have asked me since i've gone through all these kinds of, of miraculous events is there some kind of secret key to experience miracles is there some kind of praying that is more effective than others. And when I've gone through all these cases, what I found and and is quite astonishing is that I can't find a pattern. (laughs) The only pattern I find is Jesus Christ. Come on. But just like (laughs) in the New Testament, when he heals people, he uses all kinds of methods. And I'm imagining, you know, the disciples standing and next to the road and, and they're observing. All right. So, so this time he, he spit in, in some mud and he, he put some mud in this dude's eyes to, to get him to see again. But oh, that other time, you know, he, he just told the person to, to take a bath or, or that time, you know, <laughs> and, and perhaps the lesson <laughs> that he was communicating to them yeah. is that it's not about these, uh, outwardly, things mm. you know it's about listening to the holy spirit come on and and the holy spirit works in so many various ways so good and so that's really what i found as well that the really important thing is not exactly you know how you pray what words you use you know if if you do this or that it's listening to the holy spirit mm. and sometimes the holy spirit wants you to do something in in particular. Mm. Uh, other times you're you're free to just reach out to him but the really most important thing is to remain faithful mm. um, so just as Lydia didn't stop praying um, after 10 months uh, Maria that I mentioned earlier that uh, had this um, problem with hearing she was losing her hearing because the cells were dying uh, she was sick for 4 years and oh. and so she was healed when these missionaries from Ethiopia prayed for her. Mm. But that wasn't the first time that people had been praying for healing. She had received prayer a lot of times, and nothing seemingly had happened. But she remained faithful, and she remained hopeful, Come and on. she didn't think to herself when these missionaries invited her to receive prayer that you know mm. people have been praying for me before. There there's no purpose in 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 wasting time on this. No. She thought, you know, maybe this is the day. And it turned out that it was. Come on. So just as Jesus commands us to be like this annoying lady constantly knocking on the door <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> to, to get the attention of the judge yes. in, in one of his parables, uh, you know, so and, and not because, you know, God is uh, 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 a judge that is annoyed with us, but the, the, the point with Jesus is uh, parable is that mm. if this is how we would behave mm. <laughs> in in uh, this kind of of uh, everyday experience, we should be just as eager and just as faithful when mm. constantly coming back to God, yeah. and don't lose hope. Yeah, because God can do more things. Paul writes than we can pray for or even imagine. Yeah, by yeah. what power? By the power that is working in us. So he writes in Ephesians chapter 3, and and that's a Bible verse that has really Mm. spoken to me a lot, that we as Christians are carrying this power far greater than any nuclear power plant imaginable in our hearts because it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that created this entire universe, God's power lives within us. Come on. And we just need to humble ourselves before the Lord and let him do whatever he wants to do in our lives Mm. and we will see amazing miracles as a consequence
0: come on oh wow i just got like the chills just listening to that that's so good wow um i really thoroughly enjoyed talking to you um on the on the show and i know our listeners are gonna just love it um, so thank you so much for joining us on the Jesus Magnet Podcast. You're an amazing man. I continue to pray for you and your ministry. And thank if you, you want to get to know uh, some of the more more things that Mikael has done and doing, we're going to have all of his links in the description below. So make sure you check that out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and if you want to support us, be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.